Normal, a true crime and paranormal podcast. I'm Lauren and I'm Lexi, and today's episode two. Oh my god, we're very excited! We got some pretty good feedback from episode one. I cannot believe on how many people listened. I, I know I wanted to cry. I really thought we were only gonna have like four or five people listen. We almost had 150. I and that's just the downloads. That's yes. just a, that's just people who downloaded it. Shout out you guys. You're all so cute. Looking at like the towns of like the people who downloaded it, I was like, oh, I know who that is. And I cannot believe they did that for me. When we first posted, New York was our number one. Ooh, ooh, and ooh, I checked ooh. it today and shout out Salt Lake City. Also, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everybody. We are so appreciative of all of you. This is so cool. I know. And we did get some good feedback. So hopefully our audio does sound a little better. I know we were kind of low last week, but that we're working on fault. it. That no, was my fault. That was my fault. I'm learning. We are learning. <laughs> we're new. But hopefully this sounds a lot better. I'm very, ex- very happy with the way it sounds now. So. We're toddlers in the podcast world. It's okay. <laughs> um... We also know that we shouted out our YouTube channel last episode, but had some video issues. Yes. Um, the camera fell. Yeah. And <laughs> putting it all together in the new video and everything, it just didn't work out. So much. we're going to be extra careful with our camera this time. So I will definitely post that um, when we publish this one. So. AKA my dog isn't here so we can uh, <laughs> keep the video this time all i can say is at least we're not at my house with all my dogs you live and you learn all my dogs would be way too noisy and everything for this so so as promised this week is alaska Ooh, it's gonna be so good you guys have no idea we love a good alaska um and it's gonna be the same format true crime first and then paranormal however this week we flip-flopped Flip-flop. I'm starting this week. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Mine is really long, so I hope you're ready. I am. I hope, however you're listening to this, I hope it's a road trip. Always or cleaning. Trip. I hope you're Always vacuuming hope. with your headphones in or something. So I feel like the true crime is just so easy to kind of like get deep in because it's so like factual that you're like, right. oh, I don't want to miss that. Oh, I don't want to miss that. But like yeah. the paranormal is more just like testimony and it's just, it's, to me, like, I love the paranormal, mm-hmm. but it's definitely, like, shorter. Mm-hmm. When I'm, like, doing the notes for my true crime, I'm like, okay, that seems important. Because you have to add in so many details because mm-hmm. it makes it better later on. Yeah. Or, like, makes sense later on. Yeah, exactly. Me talking with my hands. It's fine. <laughs> Baby, bop, <boop. laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so, with my story. Let's do it. Do you want to start into it? Yeah. Do you have no. to say anything else? I, I feel like we're going to say enough. Okay, let's do it. Yeah, this one's gonna be long, so I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, Um, I love it. So, with my story, with it being so long and I only have so much time, I did have to cut out some of it. Okay. So, I will go over it briefly, but I'm not gonna get into way too many details um, in certain parts of the story. Into the juicy. We need the juicy. (laughs) I'm in. I'm moving. Sorry. True crime, Alaska. Lay it on me. Yes. Okay. Um, so my story this week for Alaska is Robert Hansen. <laughs> okay. Do you know who Robert Hansen is? No, I don't. But certain listeners will understand why I'm laughing <laughs> at the last name. <laughs> it's just, um, shout out John. He's probably listening to this. <laughs> um, okay. So Robert Hansen, um, in my opinion is underrated. Okay. And I feel like he should be up there with Ted Bundy. <gasps> oh, John so Wayne Gacy. Killer. Yes. Oh my God, I'm so he, excited. He's a dark and scary person. And I wish more people knew about him because, you know, Ted Bundy is so like well known. Yeah. yeah. And he, well, all the things that he did, you, I'll, you'll understand why, what I'm okay. saying. Okay, okay. I'm ready. I'm actually more than ready. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay, so let's take it back to 1939 in Estherville, Iowa. I don't even, I don't know if that's how you say it, but here we go. It is now. (laughs) Okay, so um, Edna and Christian Hansen 
um, had a beautiful baby boy named Robert Hansen. Um, Christian was a Danish immigrant, um, and he opened a family bakery. Um, that becomes a huge thing later on. Okay. Um, Robert eventually became a baker in later in life. Um, that gets important as well. So just remember, he's a baker. Okay. <laughs> um, in high school, Robert's father was really, really strict with him mm. in the hours that he worked. So he worked long, dreadful hours okay. in high school. Okay. Um, his dad was really strict on him with the things he can and can't do, um, making sure that he was always at the bakery. Um, in damn. grade school, in high school... Basically, his entire school career, he was bullied. Um, he had a severe stutter. Oh. And then in high school, he had extremely bad acne. Um, oh, and when kid. he got older, he had, like, those acne bumps, like, like all over his face. Oh, yeah, man, the acne scars so through his entire life. Um, because of his acne and because of his stutter, he never dated in high school. Um, I saw this quote where he was saying that he got so frustrated in high school um, that he never dated, and uh, he would see all of his friends dating, and with his frustration, it made his stutter worse. Mm. Um, and he could not control his stutter, so him getting dates in high school never happened yeah, because like of it. Yeah, it's worse when he's nervous. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Yeah. And so he did not have a really good experience in high Aww. school. Um, two years after graduating high school, he got together with a local high school student and convinced the high school student to go with him down to the high school into the bus garage and burn it down. Oh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that did not go the way I thought it was going to go. I'm like, oh, what's he going to do? Yeah. So he convinces this high school student, um, and a week or so after it happens, they could not figure out who... Or what happened um, and the high school student got kind of scared mm. so he went down to the police station confessed and said Robert Hansen made me do it um, so he goes to prison he is sentenced for three years um, how old were they they're just in high school um, so two teenage. years after high school oh, for, after high school I'm sorry. so Robert was two years out of high school so he's probably like 20 okay and then he convinced a high school student okay i'm sorry it. i missed that i'm sorry no that's okay that's uh even more cringy yeah pretty much um so for him it was kind of like a revenge back on the high school because he mm. hated high school mm. so much it was such a bad time for him yes gotcha. mm-hmm. um so hansen only served 20 months in prison before he was paroled um the thing about hansen is that he gets away with a lot of shit um he doesn't serve a lot of time he gets away with things. Um, you'll eventually see why. Mm-hmm. Um, so he only served 20 months before he was paroled. While he was in prison, he was diagnosed by the psychiatrist in the prison that he has infantile personality disorder. Hello? Yeah. He was marked as that he had childlike hysteria, volatile m- emotions, and clingy fixation on others. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Um, while he was in prison, six months in, okay. his wife at the time divorced him. Um, I couldn't find anything on his wife. All I knew was... I'm sure she doesn't want anything known about her. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, his wife, um, left him at six months in prison and his, her parents didn't like him. That's all I could really find. Well, yeah, who would? Yeah. Um, okay. so between the years of 1963 and 1967, um, he marries a woman has two kids with her. Um, he also serves several jail sentences for petty theft. Mm. Um, in 1967, he decides that he wants to take his family and move to Anchorage, Alaska. So this is where Hi. we start into Alaska. Here we go. Um, so when they moved there, he opened a bakery. Okay. Um, and as soon as that opened, he was a very well-liked man. He was a staple in their community. Um, and when he moved there, he became an avid hunter. He also broke um, many hunting records. Mm. Um, he won many trophies. He... Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I love that. 
not, not yeah, knowing he, eventually where this is gonna go. Yeah. Yay. He um. In between 1969 and 1971, he had four animals that were entered into like a Guinness World Record book, but for hunters. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's really creepy and really gross. Um, Because of that, he would go hunting, kill these animals, and he would put them up in his house. And they were all over his house. Like floor to ceiling, like everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. No. He had so many. I mean, I know lots of people that have, you know, like a deer or a bear or whatever. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. If that's what you like, like, yeah. what you like. But I cannot imagine walking into a house and it's just like, oh, there's 96 yes. pairs of eyes. I almost said 97, like... but that's <laughs> 96 <laughs> eyes. Um, <clears throat> because of all of his record-breaking things mm-hmm. um, and all the stuff, he was well-liked in the community. Um, his go-to hunting tools were... a rifle and a bow and arrow okay yeah so that's cool (laughs) um so besides the hunting and being a baker and being a family man and Mm -hmm. being a staple in the community um they always are yeah they they always are it's always like oh He's such an outstanding person. He would never do that. No, yeah. yeah. The community knew him so well. Yes. We never would have thought of that. It's yes. always that. And with Robert, so many people, like, with, they would give him alibis mm. because they liked him and they mm. were like, I would never see him do that. Yeah. I There's can't no way he would do that. So yeah. they would give him alibis when they weren't true. Mm. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, so besides all of the cool things about Robert, he also had some darker interests and some weird quirks. Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> so in Anchorage, there is a street called 4th Avenue. And 4th Avenue is a dark and horrific place. Okay. Um, there's lots of clubs. Um, the black market takes over there. Um, there would be some magazine stands that has inappropriate porn of youngins. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, no, like, it was, it's a horrible place. It's, like, where you go when you're, like, literally just, like, fucked up. Yeah, gotcha. no, definitely. Um, and this is kind of where he would go and find all of his victims eventually. Um, uh, he became a frequent flyer on mm. the 4th Avenue. Mm. Um, so apparently young girls would come to Anchorage from the lower 48 because there was a new pipeline that was being built. So that meant lots of men, lots of money, yeah, okay. lots of men who was willing to pay lots of money for all these girls. So it was a hot spot for youngins to come through and do their job. Um, it was connected to the Dalton Highway, um, and where it connected to 4th Avenue, also known as the Dark District. Um, It was ran by a crime boss named Frank, um, and he just centered everything around 4th Avenue. Um, There was lots of dancing clubs. Um, Some of the frequent flyers of Robert Hansen, he went to the Wild Cherry, (laughs) the Arctic Fox, and the Booby Trap. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no way. Oh, and then the best one of all is the Great Alaskan Bush Company. Who comes up with these? I'm a fan of the booby trap. I think that's hysterical. <laughs> He's a hunter that wins records and he goes to the booby trap. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. That's what I thought too. Um, the last one, the Alaskan Bush Company, is actually still open. The Alaskan Bush Company. Yeah. Yummy. <laughs> Um, so during this time, um, because of the pipeline and it becoming more of a population thing, um, more money and all that kind of stuff, um, it was just a really good financial time for Anchorage. Okay. So there was a lot of new people coming in. Yeah, bringing in the outsiders. Gotcha. Um, on 4th Avenue, the police were always so busy on 4th Avenue. Yeah. That's just like their number one place that they went. Just the booby trap alone, (laughs) they were called 207 times. Oh my God. Just at the booby trap. It is a booby trap. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. (laughs) I literally, I 
I'm just like picturing what their sign could be, and I'm just picturing like a huge areola. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> Um, because Robert was a regular on 4th Avenue, the workers would know who he is and they could describe him. They could give you his personality and all that kind of stuff. Um, when they first met him, um, the workers would know him as basically the perfect dork. Mm. Um, he stuttered, he kind of got a little shy with them and he was just really, really dorky. So they just nicknamed him the perfect dork. Okay. Um, eventually, with him being such a regular, um, he got more comfortable with the sex workers. Okay. Um, they reported that um, he had this weird quirk that they would have to go up to him to get anything started. He would never go to them. It would always be, come to me. He doesn't have, like, the confidence to. Yes. He wanted them to do it first. Yes. Okay. Um, and... For him, they would have to say, we can do it, um, but it's going to cost you some money. Oh, my God. And he would associate that sentence as them as a bad person. And so that's when he would decide it was time for them to die. Oh, my God. So, so when they said that uh-huh. is when he was he like, would, He would meet up with them um and be like oh they're good people they're okay. okay and then they would say that and then he'd be like no you gotta fucking die oh my god mm-hmm. um there are some times that um they reported to the police and that he told them that he had like a rape fantasy no thank you and because of all mm-hmm. of the rape fantasies he um, they got like didn't feel safe with him anymore. They were like, "This dude is not cool. We don't want anything to no, do with yeah. him." Um, Bad yeah, it was just terrible. Um, let's see. Seems I lost... like it's costing them more than money at this point. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I lost my, my place. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Okay, um, so most of his victims were sex workers. Um, okay. when the sex workers would come up to the police and say this guy's being creepy he, he raped me whatever they would ignore the sex workers and believe robert hansen in any excuse that he had oh they're blackmailing me or for why um because they who would believe a sex worker in the, the 1970s time, they were just like oh these are trash and women, he's like, a staple in the community, community or like oh yeah he's paying for sex but does like he would never okay the thing is, he does all this weird shit, and his wife is never around. Mm. Like, gotcha. his wife had no idea. Mm. Um, so, this is kind of where I had to take out a lot of information. Yeah, I bet it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, he, there are a lot of stories of him, you know, offering high pay to sex workers, and then he ends up killing them, and all this stuff. <clears throat> so... Oh, my God. He okay, killed no, a you. lot of people and raped a lot of people and tortured a lot of people. Um, so one of his victims was Lisa Futrell. Um, between the year of finding Lisa Futrell and the next victim was a whole year. Oh, God. Okay. Um, the next victim after Lisa was found on September 12, 1982. Um, hunters found her on the banks of... Um, on the banks of the um knick river okay um her name was sherry morrow um she was reported a year earlier um to be missing um they found sherry to be shot in the back three times with a 22 223 roger rifle hunting rifle um, and the weird thing about her was that her body was found to be shot, but she was fully clothed and there mm. were no holes in her clothes. So she was shot and then dressed. And then dressed. And she was missing for a whole year before they found her dead. Uh-huh. That's yes. sketchy. Okay. Um, yeah. And so the night, the night before she disappeared, she told her friends some weird dude offered her $300 to do a photo shoot. Can you mm. guess who that dude was? I guess Mr. Hansen. You are correct. Mm. <laughs> um, so Robert picked her up with the $300, pulled out a gun, and took her to the woods. 
um he drove her all the way there with an ace bandage over her eyes so they couldn't so she couldn't see where they were going um so the thing about robert is that he kept when he would find these victims or whatever he would get his suv stuck in the snow every single time okay because he's such a fucking idiot (laughs) and like he's a dork he like doesn't understand shit and in a lot of the stories i was reading um they like his that he would say oh i was doing this but then my truck got stuck yeah or something oh my god yeah so he's like i'm gonna be a badass (laughs) and i'm gonna kidnap these women and be a bad guy but i got my tower stuck in the snow yes pretty much um so like normal he got his suv stuck in the snow Mm -hmm. and while he was trying to dig it out sherry was like okay this is my perfect moment to run so she gets out of the truck she runs but she still is cuffed in front of her and has the ace bandage in front of her oh god and robert said in an interview that he watched her scream and run around for a couple minutes before he shot her in the oh back. Oh my god. He just liked the aspect of her running around. Basically headless. It's like a chicken yeah. running around, you know? Because she had no vision. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing <sighs> about... That would be so scary. Yeah. It would be so sad. She was trying to... And it was pitch black. Yeah. In the dark in the middle of Alaska. Like... Oh my god. Yeah. Um, so Robert liked to take trophies. Um, and he stole uh sherry's gold arrow necklace um he would take a trophy from every victim but this one in specific was very important because she never took off that necklace okay um that becomes important i'm later. like kind of glad though that you said that he kidnapped her and then kills her when she's trying to run away because i was really scared that you were gonna be like no he kept her for a whole fucking year like that's that's what i was like scared about he doesn't keep them for long okay we'll get into that okay (laughs) um so between the year that sherry was taken and beef and found like when they found lisa futrell okay um he killed three more women Oh, God. So it's yeah. escalating. It's, yes. It, his timeline's yes. speeding up. Oh, yes. my God. Okay. So when it starts getting serious is in 1963. So mm-hmm. in 19... Oh, sorry. No. 1983. My bad. I blind. 1983. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there is a movie called um, Frozen Ground. Okay. And it has Vanessa Hudgens in it. Oh. And Nicolas Cage. And love a good Nick Cage movie. Yeah. No, it's it's really good. It's one of my favorite movies. Okay. Um, and that's how I knew about this case was because of that movie. <gasps> okay. I'm going to have to give it a watch. Yeah. And my mom grew up in Alaska and my grandma and my aunts and everything, they remember when this was happening. When did she leave? Like how, how old was she when she left? She was like 15 or 16. Oh, okay. So like literally like enough time to like mm-hmm. actually have like all like, Alaska memories. Like if my like, mom went down to like, the fourth yeah. Avenue, like okay yeah she knows like Uh the area that she grew up in yeah um so like i said there's so much information that i had to cut out like a good portion of it so um 1983 is kind of when he starts to be looked at as a suspect in a lot of these cases um they're starting to connect and stories are coming out more of robert hansen did this um the sex workers would be like robert hansen did this to me yeah and he would get away with it. They oh didn't God. believe him, or they didn't believe them, and they let him go. In the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. It's so fucking sad. Yeah. Um, so, the movie Frozen Ground is really good. Highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's based on this next portion of how Robert Hansen yes. gets caught. Okay. So, in June... Sorry. Rephrase. June 13th, 1983... 17-year-old Cindy Poulsen escapes from Hansen. Um, so he offered her um, $200 to perform fellatio. Um, when she got in the car, he pulled a gun on her and told her... Um, and took her... Oh, sorry. He pulled a gun on her and took her to his home in Muldoon. Um, he held her captive, tortured her, and raped her. He chained her by her neck mm. um, to a pole in his basement, and after he raped her, tortured her, all the disgusting shit, 
he <clears throat> um, just fell asleep on his couch. Oh, my God. Um, she tried escaping, but she was chained by her neck, so she couldn't. Um, so after he did all of that, woke up, he took her to in his car, and he went to the airport. He bought – so he has this insurance fraud thing that he did. He called his insurance and said that somebody came into his home – and stole animal heads and so they gave him like ten thousand dollars or something oh my god and um he bought this bush plane with his ten thousand dollars and the kanik river um is only accessible by boat or plane okay and so that is why he bought this plane essentially or stole it i guess you could say um so after he does all this takes cindy to the airport to take her into his bush plane um so she tells police that she escaped while he was trying to load all of their things into this bush plane plane. um he was trying to open one of the seats because it's only a two-seater plane because it's, it's a one-engine plane. Okay. He was trying to lift up the seat, and she saw an opportunity, and she ran. Um, and while she ran, um, Robert Hansen ran after her. And while he was running, he made dead-eye contact with a security guard at the airport. And he said that he didn't want any suspicions, so he mm. slowed down, stopped running, turned around, and got on his plane and flew away. And because of that, Cindy escaped. Coward. So when she ran away, she left her blue sneakers in his car. So when she goes to the police, she could be like, there are my sneakers. They're under the seat. This, this, and this. Sorry. Goddamn. Yeah. This one's kind of harder to be funny about. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) so dark and disgusting. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's really bad. I'm so sorry. No, I mean, that's what we're doing. (laughs) Um, so as Cindy's running away, she waves down a truck driver and mind you, she's still handcuffed and barefoot. Um, so this truck driver picks her up and takes her to the mush motel or sorry, the mush inn. And she runs up to the desk clerk and begs her to call her pimp boyfriend, whatever at the timber motel she's barefoot but she's not naked right no she's clothed she's clothed because he was gonna take her in the airport to fly her to the connect river because i'm thinking like if she's naked i I think they will be like yeah sure Mm -hmm. (laughs) who the hell do we need to call yeah okay but she's handcuffed so that's a alarming sight as it is yeah um so the um she calls her boyfriend pimp or whatever at the big timber motel to pick mm-hmm. her up okay um the truck driver was like oh shit like i don't know what to do so he leaves but while he's leaving he calls the police okay. and he's like i just picked up this girl she's handcuffed she's barefoot she's freaking out i don't know what to do mm-hmm. so they come to the machine the clerk says oh, no she's at the big timber motel so they go there they find what room she's in and she's in the room alone and she's crying. She's still handcuffed. Whatever. Oh, my God. This poor girl. Yeah. And so they take her downtown. Yeah. Um, and they tell she tells them that she left her blue sneakers in the back seat. So when they look, they'll find them. You know, same thing, same thing. Um, what she told them or what he said to her was that I'm going to take you on my plane mm-hmm. and I'm going to take you to my cabin. I'm going to I'm not done with you yet. But once, of course not. Yeah, once I'm done, you'll be home by 11 a.m. tomorrow. Um, but what Robert Hansen would do is he would fly these women mm-hmm. out to the Connect River, and he would let them loose in the wilderness, barefoot in the fucking snow, and they would run. So he could watch them run, and fucking hunt them down. Oh my god. This is insane. Yeah. Because that's what he likes to do. This yeah. is like that short story, oh my god, The Greatest Game. Have you ever read that or heard about that? No. It's about this guy who has like an island and he just like hopes for people to like, it's been a long time, but like stumble upon his island and then once they're there, he like hunts them and kills them. Like it's his greatest game. That's his greatest pleasure is to like 
to hunt people because oh he thinks it's God. like the funnest hunt. It sounds just like this twisted fuck. He's yeah. like, oh, you know what's better than hunting elk and moose? People. I can't. Disgusting. I can't. Um, let's see. Um, so she tells them it was Robert Hansen. You know, Robert Hansen did this to me. Yeah. Um, so they pick up Robert Hansen and they take him in to be questioned. And he said it was a miscommunication. Cindy was causing trouble um, because he wouldn't pay their extortion demands that she made him look like this horrible guy. Um, so they were like, okay, well, can we like search your home? And Robert said in a later interview that after um, she ran away, he went home, he went down into his basement, and he puttied the hole from the hook, from the chain, from her neck. So if the police ever checked out his house, they would never know. And the crazy thing was she described his house, his car, his plane, in every detail. Oh, my God. And they still let Robert go. So he's coming up with these stories every time, like, oh, they're blackmailing me because I don't want to pay them. Like, yes, I, I pay for these women, but, like, you know, they're making me look bad. And yes. this happens time after time again. Yes. And they're just like, because oh, these sex workers are always trying to make this one guy look bad instead of being like, maybe we should look into this one guy. Yes. yes. This is why women don't come forward. Yes. Just saying. Exactly. Um, so when they take him in to be questioned – um, during that time, um, you know, he had re- like a record for being in prison yeah. and jail and stuff. But during that time, the APD was in a transition period from an old system to a new system. So mm-hmm. when they looked up Robert Hansen, he had no record. So they were like, oh, okay, well, sex worker's lying. He's telling truth. Okay. Convenient. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, and I was also thinking that like this guy has a record. Why do they think he's such a perfect guy, even mm-hmm. though he has been quote since he's been in Alaska, but yep. I guess it's cause they can't even see it. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, and before that all happened, um, they asked Cindy to take a polygraph mm-hmm. to see if she was lying. And of course, as true, like she was upset that they asked him that yeah. they asked her to take a polygraph. And so, yeah, that's what she said. And she was like, ask him tell him to do this i am not lying i'm not going to do this and she has every right to be upset for being yeah. asked to take take a polygraph oh and so because that she wouldn't take the polygraph and they were like she's lying she's a sex worker they closed the case even though she had bruises all over her she had handcuffs and when they found her she was barefoot all yeah, this stuff like her denying it ultimately made her look guilty to them yeah her denying taking the polygraph yep, yep. Oh, so great. Yeah. So, um, because of this, a local um, detective named Glenn Floth, he started noticing all the inconsistencies with all the sex workers being found, all the shell casings being kind of the same or they are the same, um, found the same way. He just noticed there's a pattern. Mm -hmm. So, he decided to get involved. Finally, someone does. Yes. He was a part of the team at finding all of the bodies um and during september of 1983 um they found paula golding in october of 1983 at the connect river and they also found the same shell casings and so he was like okay this is for sure connected it's all one i want to do something yeah no Um, denying it anymore so one of the other detectives named Craig Baker also got involved because he was horrified of all of the things that were happening and the way that things were happening in his department. So um, Craig joined Glenn on the investigation um, and Glenn made a list of 10 names. They were all in their 20s between the height of 5'4 and 5'7. At one point in their life they had jobs as topless dancers and before they went missing, they also they were reported to have have a high offer rate before they went gone. Mm. Um, so they were like, okay, Robert Hansen has been the main suspect 
yeah. for a long time or like his name, his name keeps coming up so up. maybe we should look into this mm-hmm. but before they did that they wanted to get a search warrant so glenn was like what is one thing that we can do that's outside of the box so he reaches out to an fbi agent named roy hazelwood mm-hmm. to get a profile based on like a profile put together based on these three bodies that they had found and during that time it was not a popular thing to do like in the 80s it was a newer thing to get a profile Mm, yeah it it was still yeah in the works i'm sure yeah so um it was fairly new um roy the exact thing that he puts is robert hansen like the whole profile it's gonna blow your mind roy thought quote the killer would be an experienced hunter he would have low self-esteem history of being rejected by women and he would be compelled to keep souvenirs of his victims and he might stutter it is robert hansen to a t literally profiles are just so amazing to me like they blow my mind every time i hear stories like this like true ones like not like just the fictional ones like true profiles it's insane yeah that's literally him (laughs) so they use the the profile Mm mm-hmm Cindy's statement and they go get Hansen and get a search warrant. Um, During all of this time, the state troopers were comparing the tire tracks at the crime scenes and they were the exact match from Robert Hansen's plane um, because it was a, like his plane had specific tires um, and they matched. Um, And so October 22nd of 1983, they go and search his plane, his cars, and his home. They searched his entire house, and they found jewelry pieces in his attic and the same guns from the shell casings in a hideaway in his attic, um, like under the okay. insulation, like in a thing that he built. And some trophies. Yeah, the, that's what the jewelry yeah. is. Yeah, the trophies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they also found an aviation map that had an additional 20 X's on it that was hidden behind his headboard that he slept in that bed with his wife. 20 X's? Mm-hmm. And so they compared some of those X's to the victims that they have found. Mm-hmm. And so this was oh, like, okay, God. this is the guy. This is him. This is who it is. And you're telling me this lady had no idea that her husband was this fucking shady. Yeah, pretty much. Well, she was in um, because know. of the profile, they were able to, you know, get the search warrant and all this stuff. So because of this case, um, it profiling made it possible to use it in cases to get search warrants. Yeah. Um, he was charged with assault, kidnapped, multiple weapon offenses, and theft, theft, and an insurance fraud. Mm-hmm. I already told you about the insurance yeah. fraud. Um, when they confronted. Hansen, he denied, mm-hmm. denied, denied, denied. Loser. And he was like, okay, I did it. Like, eventually, after, like, 12 hours mm-hmm. of him denying, Interrogation. he says, okay, I did it. It was me, but it was the women's fault. Oh, of course. <laughs> they told me that they want to have sex with me, and they wanted me to pay for it. So I made him a bad person. But that's why you're there, honey. Yeah. It was not so horrible. Um, yeah, so that happened. That was really cool. Yeah, so cool yeah. of him. So quirky. <laughs> um, so after a 12-hour sit-down, he admitted that the sex workers were not his first vic- victims. Um, mm. Before that, he would pick up 16 to 19-year-olds that were not sex workers, oh and he would rape and torture them and then kill them. He admitted to raping over 30 women killed over 21 he would chain them up rape them torture them weaken them and then he would fly them out to the connect river hunt them down and sometimes he would hunt them for days and just like it was all a game to him i'm surprised that he had the plane at at that point too like Mm -hmm. he had the plane earlier before even these sex workers like that's crazy and the the gross the grossest thing about this was he called it his summertime project 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. It just shows you how detached he was to these victims. He hated, he hated women so badly that he called them their summertime project. Oh, paint a fence or something. My yeah. God. Yep. Um, uh, so he, in 1984, he pled guilty to four homicides. Four? He, he made a plea bargain because he didn't want all the publicity to affect his family. Oh, like you didn't already do that? Yeah, pretty and much. And I'm already fucking mentally scarred. He had two kids? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like they're okay anyway. They, I hope they okay, changed asshole. their name. I hope they're... Oh, I'm sure. But they're off the grid somewhere. <laughs> they're like as far away from Alaska. They're like at the tip of fucking, I don't know, Florida or some shit probably. They're like, I yeah, hope no, so. goodbye. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm going to name some of his victims just yes, because please, I feel like it. they deserve that. Name them. So there is Celia Van... Zintiden, Zantain. I don't yeah, know. Girl. Sorry. Yeah, girl. <laughs> Megan Emmerich, Mary Kathleen Thiel. Um, there is one victim that she was so decomposed they had no idea, like couldn't figure it out, um, and they found her on the Ec- the Ekna River, and so they named her as Ekna Annie. Um, Joanna Messina, Roxanne Eastland, Lisa Futrell, Sherry Morrow, Andre Mona, um, Sue Luna, Robin Peakley, Dylan Sugar Frey, Paula Golding, Mala Larson, Teresa Watson, and Angelina Lynn Freedom. Oh my god, that is And obviously Cindy Polson. And that is just some of them. Dude, okay, so now I have a question because mm-hmm. you said that he took her arrow necklace. Was that mm-hmm. one of the necklaces found oh, in his home? Oh, yes. So how they, sorry, I just got too caught up with it. No, there was so much information. I'm just yeah. curious. I'm so just, I just want to know. When they looked at the jewelry, mm-hmm. they looked through it and they found her arrow, the arrow necklace. And that is how they pinpointed Dude. him to all of it. To like all of them because uh-huh. they were all done by the same person whatever mm-hmm. and if he did that he did and all then they them. tested the what a shithole the shells that they found at mm. the crime scenes and also through his gun my god yeah so that <laughs> is the story of robert hansen you see why i feel like he should be compared to like yeah he's he seems way shittier like the yeah. whole like hunting a person thing mm-hmm. that's so twisted like how fucked up in the head do you have to be to be like, I'm going to plan a way to hunt these women. I like watching them run around. Yeah. Like, it's disgusting. so horrible. I feel like we're going to have to put, like, a content warning out yeah, at the beginning no, of this or something. Definitely. It's really bad. And I am so sorry. That was, like, 40 minutes worth of things. No, but Literally, don't be sorry. That's what we're here for, man. War- like, it's <laughs> it's and a good case him. because he's so underrated. Yeah. Like, people don't know. I never heard of him. Yeah, and he, I feel like he needs to be more well-known yeah. because there are horrible people like that in this and, world. And, like, people, like, their death needs to be, I don't know, justified some way. Right. People need to know how shitty he is. hmm Well, last week we were like, oh, yeah, paranormal, true crime, and high-fived after each. I feel like I don't want to high-five to that, but. I'm not going <laughs> to high-five you after that we one. We <laughs> did it. True crime, Alaska god it's so horrible i am so sorry if fuck i ruined you, john hansen oh my god fuck you robert hansen john <laughs> i know you're listening <laughs> whoever john hansen is i am so sorry no don't be sorry he's fine he's cool <laughs> oh my god okay yeah, well so, sorry that was that. a lot sorry if i ruined your mood but that's what true crime does i feel like mm. ruins your goddamn mood okay all right Time for the spooky ooky story. Are you ready for the paranormal half of our episode today? I'm so excited. I love a good ghost story. So. Alaska. I was like really excited to do some research because I think fig- I kind of assumed and figured that there was just going to be a lot of like, I guess, paranormal things in Alaska because mm-hmm. I feel like it's such like a dark and spooky place. And just like there's a lot of like history and like natives and like stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, what am I going to find? Um, I'm not covering anything like that, but I did want to do something <laughs> a little different, a little fun. Um, okay. I know we did a haunted place last week mm-hmm. and this is only our second episode, but I was like, I want to do something, I don't know, that just felt like different, different, like fun. Okay. So I decided to cover the ghost ship of <gasps> SS Bechamo. Oh my God. How cool. It's a ship. 
So I feel like it's perfect. It's for all my naughty nautical listeners. Ooh. My little naughties. <laughs> um, it is a lot of history, but it's like important and it gets like, it's just like a mystery pretty okay. much. It's, it's more of a mystery than it is like, um, oh, this place is haunted, but I liked it. So okay. I'm, I'm going to just jump right in. Okay. Spook me a little bit. We're going to start in 1914. Perfect the ship time. was launched originally as, this is a Swedish word, so bear with me, originally launched as Inger Melfin okay. in Sweden as a trading boat to go on trading routes between Sweden and Germany until World War One. Okay. The ship was 230 feet long. Jesus. And was powered by a triple expansion steam engine. I have no idea what that means. No, but me neither. I, just I feel like that's really great. <laughs> I was like, maybe somebody will know. Um, giving it the power to operate at about 12 miles per hour. Okay. And of course, I read this bullet to Kyle, who has been, um, you know, on Muse. He's been like on boats before in the right. military. Uh-huh. And he was like, how many knots is that? And I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> we did the quick little Google search, and I think it's about nine knots. So it operates at about nine knots. I have no idea what that means. Again. The man was deployed on a ship, so I guess he was interested. <laughs> However. I... Oh, sorry. What? No. no uh, nothing. Go ahead. Okay. After World War One, <laughs> After World War One, the ship was acquired by the Hudson Bay Company in the UK in 1921 as part of uh, reparations due to World War One. So, like, due okay. to, like, the Treaty of Versailles and, like, this mm-hmm. and that, they acquired this boat, the UK, so it came back to them. Okay. This is when the ship was renamed Bechamo. Oh, I, th- I thought you said Bechamo, and I was like... Bitchin'. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bechamo. It's B-A-Y-C-H-I-M-O, and one, like, YouTube video I watched, he said Bechamo, and then he also said, like, Bachimo, and he said both, and I was like, I feel like Bachimo is wrong. So we're yeah. going to go with Bechamo. Okay. And that's her name for the rest of time. Ships are always a her, so it's of a course. she. The Bechamo. Bad bitches. Bad bitches. Bad bitches Bechamo. Bad for bitches. our naughties. Like I said, our nautical naughties. <laughs> Sorry. I was so excited to write that joke. It's actually written in here, but. <laughs> <laughs> I could just see it be like. It's literally, look at the top of my page. For all my naughty nautical <laughs> listeners. This is going to be <laughs> so, so funny. <laughs> The Bechamo successfully completed nine voyages in the hands of the Hudson Bay Company, visiting trading posts and collecting items such as pelts, weapons, tobacco, sugar, and tea along the north coast of Canada. Okay. Sounds like the perfect era for that. Yeah, exactly. On October 1st, 1931, at the end of a trading run, the Bechamo was full of cargo, mostly furs this time. And it became trapped in packing ice. Okay. So I do have a little bit of a definition for packing ice. We all have the same idea. It's an area of large pieces of floating ice that have been driven together into a nearly continuous mass. So it's a bunch of smaller pieces of ice that have just been like pushed into each other. Okay. Just create like one big floating mass of ice. Okay. That makes sense. Um, it does occur mostly in the polar seas, but it happens here on the coast of Alaska, and they get stuck in this packing ice. Okay. Unable to move and not sure what to do, the crew shortly abandons their ship and travels over half a mile of ice to the closest town of Barrow, Alaska. Mm. They camp out for a day or two in hopes that their ship will break loose, and after two days, the crew treks back to their ship to find that it did break loose. Woohoo. <laughs> the crew assesses the ship for damage and notice that there's a significant amount and they're kind of hoping to like slowly move back to where they can port like kind of just take their time no rush to just get somewhere that they can port and get all the goods off the ship get there no hassle yeah exactly all good. and this is october 1st so after only a few days on october 8th the boat was trapped again and this time in even worse pack ice oh god so the crew kind of hunkers down and waits for word and rescue from the Hudson Bay Company. And on October 15th, the company sends an aircraft to retrieve the crew, but only 22 of the men go back. 15 members kind of decide to stay with the ship and they want to brave out the winter or as much of it as they can until spring when the rest of 
the crew would return and help them mm-hmm. make their way back to where they can port. Right. They didn't want to imba- uh, abandon the cargo. Oh, my God. They didn't want to abandon <laughs> their cargo. Um, and they're willing to wait the rest of the winter, if necessary, for all the ice to melt. But this okay. is just the beginning of October, and it's already late. Yeah. But no, we're going to wait the rest of the winter. <laughs> winters in Alaska are awful. Yeah. They're so cold. Um, like I said, my mom grew up there, mm-hmm. and we visited a long time ago long long time ago and i just remember it being so like frigid so cold and like when i was reading this and i was like they're gonna bear out the rest of the winter okay yeah and then i remembered i was like wait it's october like it's the beginning of october they're gonna wait the whole winter okay yeah. and it's not like the ice is gonna really go away it's just gonna get loose mm-hmm. but like i guess in that was april their hope they had enough goods that they're like we're just gonna hunker down yeah so they build a small wooden fixture some distance away from the shelter or for shelter it's not really like given like how far away but you know more on land they build the shelter um after realizing that since the boat is stuck in literal ice Mm -hmm. it was too cold to stay in and sleep in so like i was kind of under the impression that when they first decided to like stay with the ship they're like we'll just stay with the ship and just stay here like see what happens and Mm -hmm. then they were like oh shit it's like it's cold we cannot we can't stay here fucking alaska yeah so they have to go and build a literal wooden fixture for a shelter that they think they're gonna last the rest of winter in yeah definitely Ugh. so on october i'm sorry on november 24th so a month and a half later ish november 24th Mm -hmm. a powerful built blizzard is struck and after it passes through the men come out and the bechimo is gone oh so the crew concludes, oh, she must have broken up and sunk in the storm. And they're, you know, trying to figure out what to do. But a few days later, an Inuit seal hunter informs the crew that he's seen the Beechamo. I'm sorry, a seal hunter? Yeah, an Inuit seal hunter. So like a native <laughs> seal hunter. What's with all the hunters today? I know, this is a theme, huh? But I know that, you know, like they, they do hunt seals because their blubber is very thick right yeah. so it's good for like insulationally little babies so i would never um and a week later 45 miles away the crew finds her i'm like first of all how the hell did you get there and that's crazy that they have this one storm and she's has all these damages and she makes it 45 miles without her crew and they find her well she's a bad bitch she is she can oh you'll find out the beach mount she is bay oh let's go the 15-man track her down and decide that the ship this time is just it's not repairable even if they wait like it's it's gone so they take the most valuable furs off the ship and they wait to be picked up by a new aircraft set by the hudson bay company and decide to just abandon the bejimo they do this because they're in agreement that they did not think the ship would actually last through the winter like they originally hoped and planned for. And they think that it'll just break up and sink because of how much damage it's received now traveling so far and the crew just leaves her behind. Poor baby. Bye, Beachmo. <laughs> However, Bye, the ship is reported to be seen for decades to come. Like, just sailing on its own Just sailing bum, bum, bum. What? over the next several years from when the bechamel was abandoned in 1931 originally the ship would continue to sail without a crew for years damn most sightings were just kind of passing glimpses and faraway sightings here and there but people are still like that's that's that ship that's the bechamel what if it's like what the pirates of the caribbean is based about <gasps> bum, bum, bum. like it goes underwater and then it comes back oh my god yeah like the 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 dutchman yeah oh my god spongebob too <laughs> <laughs> flying dutchman maybe i mean like i'm sure that like all those things all those tales that were like based off of some type of truth or some type of mm-hmm. tale that they like right. believed was true and now it's just like stories that we tell now did they ever find it no so we'll get there. Okay. They don't. Okay, the Bechamo okay, okay, is okay. a mystery. So the the crew of the Bechamo was shocked when they heard that their vessel had been seen almost 300 miles away. 300. 300. When it moves at 12 miles per hour. When it's like operating. It's not. It's just floating. You know? Like it's not like her engine's on. 
okay, what? And damaged. So 300 miles away from where they had abandoned, had originally abandoned it. And they navigated, it navigated all the way through the Beaufort Sea, despite the brutal condition that they had left this, the ship in, expecting it to sink. It somehow has not, and it has made 300 miles away. Has there, I'm jumping, I'm jumping. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Well, if I don't cover it, please remember to ask me. (laughs) The next documented sighting was by Leslie Melvin in March of 1932, who claims he saw the Beachimo on his way to Nome, Alaska with his dog sled team. Nome, Alaska is like a scary distance away from Barrow, Alaska, where the ship was first left. Um, I do like just for you. I know like, sorry, listeners, I can try to post it on our Instagram, but I have a picture of a map Mm -hmm. so you can see. Like, this is where they left her. This is where she was spotted. Shut up. So, like, she's spotted at the very top of Alaska. Oh, my God. And then when she's seen by this man, Melvin, it's, like, around a bunch of curves and at the bottom of, like, a little lip of Alaska. Oh, my God. So, like, not even, like, straight, like... It's not a straight through. No. So... The waters surrounding Alaska, especially during the colder months, are treacherous, and it wasn't uncommon during this time for ships to become stuck in in the pack ice and then sink. Yeah. So the Beachimo had traveled all this way, even though that like beat all odds of what people were used to. Right. People who lived on the coast of Alaska would sometimes see ships abandoned and see them floating and would be like oh okay the water is eventually gonna take them like they know like people who lived on the coast were like okay that that ship's gonna sink and they would so there's just a bunch of random like abandoned (laughs) ships just in the water of of alaska i guess it was common (laughs) like for people to try to make these I guess like passes at the wrong time of year and the people would know like oh here comes those guys because that, yeah. that ship's just not gonna make it like they oh knew okay. and then so they when they would see the Beachimo floating they were like oh shit there still is like it wasn't like they were like oh there's a ship like they were they were used to this stuff okay that makes sense and the waters were hard to steer and navigate through the ice and water with an experienced team so how was the Beachimo doing it? Like, that was the big question. Like, if it was so ne- difficult for people to to make it through and it was so likely for people to abandon their ships, like, how the hell was this one ship doing it for miles and miles and miles for years and years and years? I'm telling you, it's a ghost Bum-bum. team or it's crew. Pirates. They're pirates. It's they a needed pirates another of ship. the Caribbean, but pirates <laughs> of the Alaskan whatever (laughs) the Beaufort sea um a paranormal presence intervening to operate the ship was the new speculation being made and stories of the the Beachimo were told to locals so people started kind of like starting the story of like there's the ghost ship Mm. there's no way this bitch is still flown she's that's a ghost ship that makes sense so people you know were reporting seeing her but as it kept going on people started to report more kind of mysterious things about the Beachimo. Um, sometimes she would be out in the distance, but sometimes she would be closer to coast. Mm-hmm. And people would report seeing ghostly apparitions and crew members on the decks. Okay. So they would see people sometimes and be like, oh, there's people on the ship. Like someone must be salvaging her. Yeah. I mean, I would assume that as well if it's mm-hmm. operating, yeah. quote unquote on its own but then sometimes they would notice it's not taken care of that person doesn't have a bottom half (laughs) (laughs) that person is completely (laughs) see-through so (laughs) the ghost thing kind of took off what's that (laughs) you that man has no has no bottom i almost said has no butt (laughs) where does it's just a head (laughs) where does butt go Sometimes, you know, okay, he, it was farther away and people would be like, well, maybe I'm just seeing it wrong. But sometimes it would be closer and they would report seeing these things. And the the rumors in the story of the Beachimo just kept escalating. It just kept going. Okay. Um, 
1933, a, wor- a weird occurrence took place that had only further helped start the paranormal rumors about the Bechamo and signify it as a cursed ghost ship. So I know I keep saying like years, decades, and I'm still only in 33, but mm-hmm. these were just like the first like big events that pushed this rumor about it being haunted. Yeah. So a group of people spot the ship. It just said a group of people. I tried to look into it. Like, were they people? Were there people that, like, knew how to operate ships? Or, like, who were they? But it was just a group of people. It was a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, probably. (laughs) And they spot the ship. And for the very first time, they were close enough to board it. All these, like, rumors and, like, locals telling stories of this ghost ship. But this time it was close enough to board it. So they know it was the Bechamo because they literally went on it. And they could see that it was the Bechamo. Stop it. So it wasn't just, like... Oh, people making stories like these. This group of people was on the ship and saw that it was the Bechamo. They like went on it physically. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they went on it and started to investigate it, very quickly and very like randomly, not expected, and a giant snowstorm blizzard had happened. So once they boarded the ship, a huge and sudden unexpected storm hit. And it trapped them in the vessel for 10 days. <gasps> so not only did they just go no. inside of it, they lived in it for 10 days. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So did they have food? Did they no. have water? No. So they were on it for 10 days. I couldn't find too much on it. I listened to like this nautical podcast <laughs> <laughs> that did this story on like their Halloween special. And they said that all the really like documented on it is that it was a group of people they were in it for 10 days and once that they like were off of it they were you know malnourished and just like skeletons of people like they they really set the tone for this story for people to now not want to board it like at first it was like what's that ship? I want to check it out. Is it the Bechamo? But now when people spot this ship, they're like, oh, stay away. Absolutely not. Stay away. There are two other documented times that people boarded or became close enough to save the ship, but both times weird occurrences prevented them from doing so, just like the first. So it wasn't the same exact of a storm, but it was things where like all of a sudden, like the ropes pulling the Bechamo were cut. Or they would have backup crew that would just disappear. Okay. So is it like a cursed Yeah. Ship? It's this cursed ghost ship is what the Don't legend is. Don't get on it. A cursed ghost ship. Unless you want to be cursed. <laughs> so for five to ten years, sightings were constant and mysterious. Always seeing the ship and its reported ghost crew. Sightings did slow down for a while. Um, but in March of 1962, so 30 years later, in March of 62, there was a confirmed sighting of the ship off the coast of Alaska, just like it had been countless of other times. People identify it as the Bechamo. And then again, in 1969, there was one more final confirmed sighting of the Bechamo 38 years after it was abandoned. It was the final sighting of it, and I guess, like, I'm just guessing here, but confirmed that it's the Bechamo. I'm assuming, like, it says Bechamo on it. So, like, that's all people are like, right. okay, I would that's assume, it. yeah. And that was the last time she was seen was in 1938, I mean, 1969, after 38 years. However, in 2006, the Alaskan government did launch an expedition to track down where the Bechamo eventually went down and find the remains of its assumed wreck, but they could never locate it. <gasps> so this story has been perpetuating for years. So the government eventually was like, we're intrigued. Let's launch this expedition to find her. <clears throat> and they have searched and searched and searched and people are still looking for it. Today. oh my god and like nobody 90 years at. later 100 years later almost yeah nobody nobody oh knows where my she's god. at it's okay i'm telling you it's the story of the, the pirates Dutchman. of the caribbean the, Dutchman. That's the exactly ship is what now is. in the caribbean instead of in alaska <laughs> that's where she's at that's so crazy mm-hmm. it is it's it's 
different from like our normal expected like paranormal story but i thought it was so mysterious mysterious i I feel like there is a ghost crew on it Mm -mm -mm. taking care of it quote unquote yeah but like making it disappear purposefully and then when they're like we needed something you know energy or whatever and we could come out and see I don't know. It's definitely creepy. And it's just, like, a part of, like, local legend now. Like, people just, like, tell the story of the Beichimo. Yeah. I mean, I it's, like, a like a local ghost story. Like, Hell yeah. Don't go. If you see the Beichimo, don't go on it. Definitely don't. Marlon's <laughs> going to bring a 10-day blizzard. Oh, God. Mm-mm. Could you imagine being on a ship for 10 days? No food. No water. And it's a fucking blizzard. Uh, no. Not even moving? Or was it moving? I don't even know. Because if she's moving all the time, like, did they get off of it where they got on it? I don't even know. I, w- I would assume. I think so because it was, it was in the pack ice and that's how they got on. So probably. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. Sorry, I don't like it. Moving. It definitely gives me the heebie-jeebies and that's why I chose her. Yeah. No, that's really creepy. Like, a ghost ship? I don't, I've never really heard of it unless if it's like the Dutchman. But... <laughs> Coming back full circle. <laughs> We're loving it. I, I want to go watch Johnny Depp now. <laughs> Orlando Bloom. Ra- Roz is going to ask me what I want to watch tonight and be like, let's watch the Pirates of the Caribbean. Disney Plus. They're on there. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're a Disney movie. I have Disney Plus. Perfect. I'm going to be watching it. Me and Kyle have seen it so many times. I love Well, I can high five to this one. Paranormal Half of Alaska. Woo! Down. Yay! Hey. How cute! I'm very excited about this one. I think we did some pretty exciting stories. Yeah, we're definitely more comfortable. Mm. which is good hopefully this audio sounds better it definitely sounds better it sounds way better than last time i'm loving it i'm so sorry about our first episode it was supposed to be like all magical we're learning it was like 80 percent magical we're, it was still magical i think our, <laughs> our listeners made it magical for us yeah no it was really good it worked out we're coming in hotter this time are you ready for next week oh my god are you ready are you ready i'm so ready for arizona arizona baby i i am oh what happened there i am excited (laughs) because my true crime story is insane because i get to do true true crime next week right and i just like personally have like a weird like love for arizona in my heart like have you been to arizona um i know you have yes (laughs) i just were there i was just there (laughs) i did go to arizona um with my family like 10 years ago and I loved it so much and I had a childhood friend who moved to Arizona in third grade and he's visited me in New York like a few times cute so like I guess I just like always had this weird like oh my god Arizona because I like knew about it when I was younger and we traveled there and I loved it you need to experience it as an adult no for sure I want to it's It's like part of our bucket list no really we want to do the Grand Canyon this summer again it's like our goal yeah bucket list yeah let's make a road trip Oh my god. Okay. Episode two. <laughs> Yay. In the bag. What what? Um yeah. Follow us on our socials. At my true normal. Instagram. Twitter. Twitter. We're trying Twitter. YouTube. Yeah, I, you can look at our faces. I actually we actually got this to work this time, so it's no gonna Bo. be working. <laughs> Bo is the cutest. He makes life so much better. He does. He's not all nugget. <laughs> but now he's not here today and knocked down our camera. So no, you can look fine. at us. You can watch us while you're vacuuming, like she said. So Vacuuming. Thanks so much for being here. I had so Yay. much fun. Today was great. It was so much fun. I love Alaska. It was a great old time. And now Arizona. Arizona, we're coming for you. See you guys then. Or listen to you guys. Listen then. to you then. Oh, well, you won't look- You'll listen to us then. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Have a wonderful time. We appreciate you guys, and we will catch you next Monday. Bye. Bye. Bye.